equipped with the information I need to do life with any measure of success is a really good feeling. I love knowing things, but not necessarily learning them. I realize on a very basic level that reading provides a direct path to growth, but it frequently conflicts with two procedures I currently have in place for dealing with change, guessing and poor planning. I'll admit I'm not a big book fan, but I'm in a program of recovery where reading is recommended, so I struggle. My mother used to take my sister Judy and I to the library when we were young, mostly in the summers, to offset the monotony. Mom was pretty strict, and reading was an activity she could supervise while she was bullshitting on the phone. We lived in the Bronx. It was the 70s. And although there were worse neighborhoods, ours was one that required a heightened sense of vigilance. My mother was an overly cautious woman. She married a man with a high-risk job and a hazardous hobby. Dad was a cop who liked to drink. Yes, he was a good provider, but he pretty much came and went as he pleased. She couldn't control their relationship, and the fear that grew from never knowing what to expect made her cling to us girls even tighter. Mom had a lot on her plate, given how reckless and unpredictable my father was. Nonetheless, she insisted Judy and I do well in school without encouraging any particular interests. What would be the point? We were girls. We weren't ever going to amount to much. Girls are supposed to be quiet and cooperative. God love Judy, she was. Me? Hmm, not so much. We traveled everywhere on foot because Mom was afraid to drive. Like most outings, trips to the library were carefully orchestrated events. Whatever we did, no matter how simple and straightforward by design, became an ordeal that was to be endured, never enjoyed. Dad was my mother's primary focus. She obsessed over his behavior, condition, and whereabouts. Everything else just got in the way. My sister was a voracious reader and straight-A student. I did okay, I guess, but I couldn't guarantee report cards comparable to the ones she was bringing home. Not a chance. I showed little aptitude for math or science. I wasn't good at memorizing stuff. I did think spelling was fun, and I could draw, but most of all, I liked making friends. So the library was a challenge. First of all, no talking. Second, I was a lot more interested in what the kids hanging out on the steps in front of the building were doing. I stared out the window in the section where they kept the magazines, watching teenage couples smoke cigarettes and make out. I looked up the curse words they used in the giant dictionary on display by the card catalog. I looked up human body diagrams and gaped at the boy parts. I turned the page quick if I saw somebody coming. Judy made sure she borrowed as many books as she could carry. She finished every single one. Stories about horses and dogs. Nancy Drew Mysteries. Titles by Beverly Cleary and E.B. White. All boring. I wanted to be in the world, not read about it. Reading back then was for squares. Even now, I can still think that way if I'm not careful. And I'm a grown woman, for crying out loud. I should know better than to act like a belligerent child. You like that word? I looked it up. 
All the same, I need God as soon as I open my eyes in the morning, even before the coffee happens, which, don't get me wrong, is very important. Coffee sits in the number two slot of priorities upon awakening. Actually, it might be third. Peeing is second. Prayer is number one. I am so grateful for access to a very simple prayer that opens the door to that beautiful conscious contact with my higher power. God, get in my head before I do. It's the perfect request for someone like me. I can fuck shit up in a heartbeat. So get in there, God. Turn on all the lights and prep the area. I'm done sleeping. I connect with God through prayer. I have a few little books I like to read from, affirmations, several decks of cards with positive messages. I rotate them, nothing too heavy or extensive as I ease into my day. Occasionally, I have to read stuff a couple of times before it sinks in, before I can figure out what I'm actually seeing, especially if there are too many big words or I'm preoccupied, distracted by something that's already occurring, which could be anything, the weather, a strange smell, Oh my God, my phone. Leftover anxiety from the night before. Pre-existing thoughts bang around inside my brain like sneakers in the dryer. I'll open up one of my missiles and turn to the appropriate page. I'll start reading. I may get all the way through the whole passage and not comprehend a goddamn thing I just read. So I'll go back to the beginning and try a second time and a third. Nothing can penetrate the noise that's already in my head. If I'm not in that place mentally where I can process written information intended to communicate ideas, in other words, read, I can't get as close to God as I'd like. And that's a big problem for me. I'm at that place where I can either say fuck it and ride off into the dawn without my horse and supplies, which is so dumb because I'll be tired and hungry in like a half an hour. Or I can remind myself how much better it feels when I make time for God. It doesn't even have to be a lot of time. My higher power is always cool with whatever amount I can give. Still, I make excuses, which is nuts. Let's talk step work, shall we? If not for you, then for me. Step six, we're entirely ready to have God remove these defects of character. And step seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. I printed this article I found on the internet, 194 character defects. I'm sure there are more, but this is plenty for the purpose of this exercise. So I go down the list and circle a few that apply to my current situation. I'm going to skip around, but here they are. Number 85, impatience. I want to be able to concentrate on what I'm reading right away or I quit. It makes me feel stupid. Number 169, self-loathing. If I weren't so stupid, I'd be able to read the shit easy. Number seven, overly anxious. Why don't I calm the fuck down? It's not even seven o'clock in the morning, and already I'm packing a cannon full of drama. Number 80, refusing to ask for help. I can do this by myself, which is very similar to, but not exactly the same as, number 29, Avoiding communication. I bet God's busy. I'll fill him in later. I'll pray tomorrow. And this is just the tip of the iceberg. 
Since we're talking about inclement weather, let's pretend I live in a place up north and it starts to snow. It snows all day and all night. They close school and cancel work. In the morning, the city comes and plows the street, but my car is buried in the garage way at the back of the house. In order for me to get anywhere, I'm going to have to shovel out the driveway. Not the whole yard or any of the sidewalk along the front, just the driveway. Sure, it was a big storm, and there's at least 25 inches out there, but the task before me is pretty straight up. Eat some breakfast, dress in layers, and go get the job done. Step six is an opportunity for me to recognize my part in any given circumstance and ask this question, what am I doing that I could be doing differently? More than likely, I have no idea, or I'd already be doing it. Might as well hand over all the confusing stuff to God. Prayer is the language I use to communicate with Him. Step seven clears the path to good decision-making. Peace of mind is the hot chocolate I get to enjoy, and my serenity is the warm, dry clothes I can change into when the work is done. I'm glad I can interpret this information I've been given so freely so I can make sense of my life and how I behave in the world. This shit is crucial. I don't want to drink. I don't want to get high. I love God, but how can I expect to have a healthy relationship with Him if we don't spend time together? How will I keep my emotions in check if I don't prepare myself? I can't just quit when things get difficult. When I first started going to meetings, it was suggested that I read the stories in the big book. I couldn't understand how a bunch of misadventures were going to fix me. I didn't understand anything about surrender and acceptance. But I did what I was told. I read the stories, and I saw myself on every page. I didn't drink, and I didn't use. It was suggested that I try to be open to the existence of a power greater than myself, something or someone I could turn to and maybe even come to depend on for strength and comfort. It was suggested I become willing to go to any lengths to stay sober. And I was. I am. I read. I pray. I go to meetings. I call others, and when they call me, I answer the phone. I make the effort, and I reap the benefits. Did I mention my husband makes my coffee every morning? Every morning. He brings it to me in a giant coffee cup while I'm still in my bed doing my reading. He knows this is important, and I am always grateful. I may even give him a smooch. Everybody wins when I start my day with God especially me. It's a beautiful morning.